text tonight will be taken from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, and we'll read verses 18 through 25, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written... I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Here it says that the Jews require a sign. As we were driving to church this evening, within the first mile or so, we counted 20 road signs after leaving our home. Signs are everywhere around us, and I'm speaking about road sign types of signs. I think how they are meant to be seen, a sign. Signs provide warnings and information, instruction, and directions. We really can't travel too far in our car without seeing a speed limit sign. And perhaps you've noticed the reduced speed limit signs that are popping up in neighborhoods around Portland here. And they put one up in our neighborhood, and they attach two big orange ribbons that flutter in the wind to uh, get your attention. I'm not sure that they do much good, and they're no longer there. In order to benefit, if that's the correct word I can use, you need to obey the the speed limit sign. I think how some signs that I've seen over the years seem to be difficult for me to understand. My wife and I have traveled over in Europe and and we found ourselves on some of the subway systems in those countries. And I'm sure that the signs that they have are very instructive and they're very good with their directions, but The problem is that they're not in English, and that creates a a little bit of a dilemma for us. In one situation, uh, we stayed in one place long enough where we became acquainted with the fact that some of the subway lines had colors attached to them, red, blue, and green lines, as I recall. And I recall that those different lines were at different levels below ground, We learned the hard way one time that there are two sides 
of the subway track to stand on and to get to the other side is not that easy. But it's important to be on the right side so you can go the right direction. I remember some of those, those memories are, I remember uh, how challenging uh, we felt and intimidated and how frustrating and yet it was kind of exciting in a way because it was all a, an adventure to us. Here a few years ago we rode this subway in New York City and we had the same sort of difficulty there and we commented to each other that this is just as hard as the subway systems in Europe trying to figure them out. Science can provide information to us which mean very little to us. In that sense, some signs can be distracting. When you drive south on I-5 from Portland, you might notice that some of the farm fields have signs identifying what crop is growing there. You probably may notice that there's a sign with the name of a stream or a river that you drive over or that runs under the road. On the north side of Salem, there's a sign marking the 45th parallel, which means that you've, you're at the halfway point between the equator and the North Pole. That's very informative. There are times when we're driving and I catch a glimpse of a sign and I say to my wife, did you see that? Did you see that sign? And she says, I'm watching the road, which is a, a reminder to me that that's what I should be doing. But God communicates, communicated to the Jews in history uh, through signs. And, and I was thinking as we heard the, uh, the testimonies here that God still communicates, maybe not in ways that he did in the Old Testament through signs, but he communicates through testimonies. And that's like a, a sign to those who listen and hear. The Jews have a, a rich history of, of God revealing himself to them through signs. There are so many stories in the Bible, especially the Old Testament. I thought about Gideon as one example. Gideon needed reassurance from God. God had called him to lead an army to deliver Israel from their enemy, the Midianites. And Gideon sought reassurance from God by asking God of a sign. Gideon said to God, if, if you want to deliver Israel by my hand, make that clear to me. I will put out a fleece. Overnight, a piece of wool on the floor, and if the dew or the moisture from the air be on the fleece only, and it will be dry on the ground, I'll know that you will be with me. And the Word of God says that it was so there in Judges chapter 6. And Gideon asked God a second time. He said, don't be angry with me, but let's do this one more time. I'll put the fleece out and let the, fle the water be all over the ground and let the fleece be dry. And God answered that prayer for Gideon. Gideon took encouragement from that sign that God had given him. Gideon was emboldened, if you would say, by God, the knowledge that God would be with him and help him during that battle. 
God did that for Gideon. Sometimes we focus on the sign or what what God promises that he will do, and we need to realize that God is seeking to encourage our hearts and encourage our faith. We ought not to be just focused on the sign, but focused on what God wants to do for us through encouragement. God simply wasn't trying to impress Gideon. He did that to embolden him and increase his faith. Part of the scripture that we read tonight said that the Greeks seek after wisdom. The Jews sought after a sign. The Greeks valued wisdom. Paul said, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Paul seemed to have come into some contact with people like this in Athens, Greece, when he preached on Mars Hill. We read in Acts 17, verse 18, it tells us that certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics had encountered Paul. Ancient Greek history tells us that the Greek culture valued wisdom, knowledge, debate, and rhetoric. We read there again in Acts chapter 17, For all the Athenians and the strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. What an interesting group that would be to hang around with. Uh, This is who Paul met there at Mars Hill, people that seemed to have nothing better to do but to, to listen to new things and to debate and to talk about wisdom and knowledge. But they were interested in what Paul had to say. They said they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine is, whereof thou speakest. They were interested in what Paul had to say about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul came into Athens, and as he mingled with the people and witnessed the people, he talked about Christ crucified. And Christ resurrected from the dead. And that they could be saved and their sins could be forgiven because of the blood of Jesus. This was new to them and they were interested in hearing that. They said, thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know what these things mean. What an opportunity for Paul to share the gospel of Christ. Paul used a unique Approach, He says, I passed by and I beheld your devotions in verse 23. I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him. I declare unto you, Paul pointed them to Jesus Christ, crucified and resurrected from the grave. He encouraged them to lay aside their idols, cease from idol worship, and turn to the Lord. He told them that God commands all men everywhere to repent. And that message is still with us today. That is still true today. God commands men everywhere, men and women and all who come under the sound of the gospel uh, to repent from their sin. Paul also warned them that God had appointed a day in which he will judge the world. 
uh, those words too are, are still relevant. That one day we'll stand before the judgment throne of Christ. If we are not saved, we will stand and give an accounting to God. Our, our past may go before us and we'll see those opportunities that we neglected to take advantage of. There's a day appointed where God will judge the world. Chapter 17 ends by saying, in verse 32, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, and others said, we will hear thee again in this matter. But there were some that believed. Are you among the some that believe tonight? Uh, we are a minority in this world. It's not, you don't have to go very far to hear people talk and mock God. Uh, they have no regard for the gospel of Jesus Christ. They have no regard for God's people and, and the message that is preached. They consider it to be foolishness, as Paul said, that the preaching of the gospel is foolishness. But we're thankful for that because it is the power of God unto salvation. God speaks to his people through his word. I was thinking about Walt Smith's testimony earlier today. And God sent Walt, Brother Walt, a sign. You remember his testimony. He, he claims that he was an atheist. Uh, he was working in a sawmill out here in Linton, Oregon. And he was working around those loud saws. He, he used to say that Nobody, he couldn't hear anybody. Somebody had to get up right next to him to yell in his ears if he were to hear anything. Yet God spoke to him through all the noise and all of what he, his job and everything that he was doing. God got his attention and said that the only true happiness is in the Lord. And Walt says that, Brother Walt says that he went home and he told his parents, his mom, what had happened and she recognized that something had happened to Walt. God had spoken to him. Thankful for the testimonies of the saints of God. Uh, they're, they're a sign to us, an encouragement to us. They point us in the way that oh, we should go. Thankful for that. God speaks to people through his word. It may be the foolishness of preaching. It may be someone's testimony like we've heard here tonight. God has revealed himself to people in miraculous ways. And in a moment's time, people have come to know that there is a God in heaven. God has called everybody, the Jews, the Greeks, people the world over. God assures us that we can have a life free from sin as we repent and, and lay our sins down before the Lord, promise not to sin anymore, ask God for victory in this evil world that we live, and God will give us that victory. There's victory in the blood of Jesus. We're thankful for that. We're thankful for the answers of prayer. We're thankful that we have a place here that we can uh, kneel and pray every service. Uh, we're talking to the God of heaven that, that Paul communicated with. He cares about you this evening. He's interested in your soul's salvation. Are you saved tonight? Are you, have you given your all to the Lord? We heard the testimony tonight by Sister Deanna. Is there something more that you can do for the Lord? Is God asking that of you? Are you willing to answer uh, that call? God will bless you when you do. 
uh, God will answer your heart's prayer tonight. We're going to sing song 349.